Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. And I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. Nice. And we were just talking lots about Spider-Man stuff because that just came out. And you were, you were just saying, you were talking about the Sinister Stick stuff or your, your uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man mashup fantasy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, like Ant-Man right. and the Wasp as well. Like those, they could do a lot of cool duos. We'll see. I don't know what those licenses look like because I know they're a the huge thing with Spider-Man get, coming back into Marvel. Right. It's because Sony owns Spider-Man, so and they want to hang on to that as long as they can. Yeah. Which is smart. <laughs> yeah. And Fantastic Four. Like this was and back Fantastic when like Marvel Four, yeah. was about to go under. Like they were almost done. Right. They were just sort of piecemealing stuff out for like real revenue and then everything blew up with the movies. So that's why oh, I yeah. wonder I wonder if it's uh this just I just I wondering out in the ether out there if it's because of the commercial purpose of it you know if if um you know they can make a movie but if they don't benefit commercially that's okay the minute they start to sell it and distribute it they start to I'm benefit betting, commercially i'm betting you're right rachel yeah i don't know how the the name that name stuff works but i think it is all for the better if hulk is a side character because he is like the best side character in the world oh. and of of every incredible Hulk movie I saw, uh, there are no good ones. No, no, <laughs> none at all. Could you imagine an alternate universe to where Marvel went bankrupt and all we were left with was DC movies? <laughs> it, it, oh my god! I mean, it the X Men movies were were pretty good before Marvel kicked it up. I mean, the first one's kind of weak. The second X Two is, I think, really good. That's probably right. one of my favorite superhero movies. And then uh, three is three is pretty terrible. But yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and then they didn't know what they were doing after a couple. <laughs> And then it was a musical. Yep. And that (laughs) foreled the high school musical trend. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So before we kick it into trivia, I have a small riddle that I just found that kind of stumped me and uh, really quick. And I thought it was kind of fun. So you have three people. Jack is looking at Anne, but Anne is only looking at George. Jack is married. And George is not. The question is, is a married person looking at an unmarried person? So you have three people. Jack is looking at Anne. Anne is looking at George. Jack is married and George is not. Is a married person looking at an unmarried person? Yes, no, or can you not tell? Okay. Hang on a second. Is there like a mirror aspect where one's kind of reflects off the other? No, no nothing <laughs> like that. No, it's just directional. No, no. no. I mean, maybe, but that d- doesn't apply to their lives. I don't so, know what I don't know so what the, these all do on the weekends. <laughs> so the question is: Is a married person looking at an unmarried person? 
Correct. Is it yes, no, or can you not tell by the information? Give me a second. Um, and we don't we don't know who George is looking at, right? Uh, yeah, we we don't know. Okay, so <laughs> I sure am. you can you can beautiful mind your way into oblivion. <laughs> Give you a couple more seconds. Yeah, this is. Yep, this is. Jack is looking at Anne. Anne is looking at George. Uh, assuming that Anne is not at any way looking at Jack or looking at both. It's just purely Jack is only looking at Anne. Anne is only looking at George. Jack is married. George is not. Is a married person looking at an unmarried person? This, this feels like one of those LSAT questions. It's awful. <laughs> okay. So... Right. So, yeah. So according to this, 72, at least 72% of people say, see, that you can't tell by the information. But in fact, the answer is yes, a married person is looking at an unmarried person. Because if you just go down the line, Jack is married, Anne is unknown, George is unmarried in a straight line. Whether Anne is married or unmarried, the answer is always true. It's always Assuming right. Anne is married, Anne is looking at George. If Anne is unmarried, Jack is looking at Anne. It's right. always true. You, you know See, what I pisses me it... off is I, is I just drew that out and I had the answer, but then you just explained <laughs> it. See, I, I, I had them like set up nope. in, in a triangle. Where Anne I did the triangle like first, the, too. Yeah. At, at the top. And so one's looking at Anne, and Anne is only looking at the other, so there's no way the two guys are looking at each other. Right. right. This is well, so funny, because I did the same thing as you, Rachel, though. Well, then it's not a triangle. It's a teepee, and maybe they're all in an Indian teepee, but we don't, <laughs> that's also not deferrable. Inferrable. I suppose you could defer whether you care to know or not, but you cannot infer. <laughs> right. I like that one. That was good. All right. Wordplay... Yes, good. Yeah, you're great at breaking segues. <laughs> uh huh. Indeed. Oh man. Yes. So, yes. Uh, I'm from just south of Denver. So Rachel's from Colorado. <laughs> uh, I saw you post the link, but I didn't look at it because I was waiting for this to see. Uh, I'm really intrigued by this. I do know about the Satan horses. Oh, the Satan, Satan horse, horses? the Satan horse that killed its, um, its creator. What the one fuck? Of, <laughs> yeah, the um, there is a glowing, there is a horse with glowing eyes that stands statue outside of the Denver yeah. airport. And when they were building it, it's huge. And it looks like a demon horse. Um, so it, it fell when, on so the sculptor. You, oh my God. And killed oh. the sculptor. I didn't even know that. That that that's the demon horse. I just know when you drive out, you would maybe expect to see a horse because like the Denver Broncos, but it looks nothing <laughs> like the football team. It is a like devil dark black horse with beady red devil eyes just like passing you by as you drive past it. I think if I'm correct, I know what you're talking about. I think it's when you're on your way to baggage claim. Like, you're leaving, <laughs> and you're going down the staircase or the escalator baggage claim. I think it's right there. 
It's insane. I want to see. I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to think about it. We're flying into Denver in a couple of weeks. I'll start. I'll, I'll track some down. It sounds like the kind of mural that would be in uh, the Pawnee government building in Parks and Rec. <laughs> okay, so this is. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I think that's really funny. I'm sure there's like, I there's got to be like awesome. I feel like airports are ripe with that kind of stuff, just because there's craziness going on with no efficiency. <laughs> I'm so glad somebody else has looked into these conspiracy theories. We we talked about them all the time growing up. Like we we we'd drive past and like, oh, there's the demon horse that killed someone, and. <laughs> So this is the third ever episode, and we have four rounds of questions in which these contestants will compete. Uh, each round has a different theme and style, and we'll explain during each round. Uh, and if you're ready, we will start, as always, with the general trivia. Okay, general trivia, question one. Uh, each of you just call out, buzz in when you know it. Uh, two points for each right answer. Question number one, Lord Greystroke is better known by what name? Ooh, an early stumper. Lord, Lord Greystroke. It's better known by what name? And you all definitely know it. Is this like a it's fictional a, person? Could, all right, hang on, I'm gonna take a stab at the dark. Is it Picasso? Uh, it is not Picasso. Uh, it's not an artist. We could pretty definitively say. Uh, it is it is fictional. I have no idea. I feel Rach- like, like Rachel, like, I'm really w- surprised you don't know it. It's way out there. It's like in like my mind is like, <laughs> you recognize this name. You should be able to do something with this. And I'm like, yeah. it's not the dots aren't connecting. So Lord Greystroke. Uh, his father was Lord Clayton with John, sorry, John, Lord Clayton, heir to the sixth earldom of Greystroke. Him and his pregnant wife, Alice, were shipwrecked on an African coast. Uh, Alice gives... Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Can I I guess this for no points? Yes. It was Tarzan. It is Tarzan. What? You in the Phil Collins music. I only oh like the music, and I don't like the story. I just want the music. No, he is Tarzan. Well, yeah. He's Tarzan's father, because the baby born is Tarzan. Well, yes, but the father is immediately killed by the ape, making Tarzan Lord Greystroke. Okay. And if you is go back... To the original, I think the very first, well, I think it's the very first film that was adapted from it is literally Greystroke, the legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. Oh. Whoa. (laughs) And it's like. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yep. I was going to go, I was going to see how far I could go down before I just started naming, like, I don't actually remember most of the apes' names, but I, I was going to see how and how much in the Disney lore I could get before I just started singing Phil Collins. Well, okay, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I never knew, like, his parents' name. That's not part of my repertoire. 
Right. My repertoire is every single word of the Phil Collins songs. Which and, <laughs> and even in the Disney films, they never mentioned Greystroke. No. Right. No, that part's pretty well left out. Yeah, that's like, you know, it's classic literature. It or, might be in there. It's been a long time since I've seen Tarzan, I, but I it, it is not for one. me. And I, it might be in the <laughs> second one. <laughs> uh, you're one of those guys. Jeez. A little more Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, zero points, but fun stuff. And that one has come up in trivia before, I'm pretty sure, and will come up again. So it's always good to keep in mind. Uh, yes. Which film of 2000 stars Denzel Washington as the newly appointed football coach? Let's remember the Titans. Which is a really good movie, yeah. And the best part is the very end when they're all 10 years later and they all just have mustaches and longer hair. (laughs) They look the exact same, just with mustaches. And it's like, clearly it's 10 years in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Secondary mustache. All right, question number three. How many points does a compass have? Are you talking about just the main points or the ones that some of the fancy ones also have? How many points would a traditional compass have? Uh, Not eight. Four? Not four. So if you think about like your different directions, I can see why both of you said your answers. They seem very clear and obvious. But if you go through... No, 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 no. It's not tricks. It's, these are trivia questions, not riddles. How dare you? Is it 18? It is not 18. Or si- no, I'm sorry, 16. Whoops. <laughs> uh, you don't have to give me points if that's correct. 16. <laughs> what about 32? This 32. You guys have Damn. me worried, so I'm now doing my math to make sure everything checks out. But... You have north, south, east, west, northwest, southwest, etc. North, and then you get in the north, northeast, you know, stuff like that. So I believe if you were to look at a normal compass, which I am now doing, just to be sure. Let's see if we can pull one up. So the ones that I'm looking at have at least 16, some with 32. What does Google say when you just ask it? How many points does a compass have? How many? Okay, (laughs) here's what I was looking at. If you, so since neither, since you guys first said eight and four, I don't think either of those are right. No, I would maybe think about going back to sixteen. But the one I'm looking at now, which is the one I was assuming, you actually also get into. You can have north, north. XE or north, north by east, north, northeast, northeast by north, northeast, and then down. So we'll call that one a bit of a fumble, but I would say at least 16, if not 32. Yeah. And I didn't get that from any of you guys right away. No. No, so, we just started doing maths. <laughs> so you guys are at fault for these ob- oblivious questions here. <laughs> yeah. 18, 4, 6, 3. 
What is it? One? Is it one? one? I it's bet he's one. tricking me. It's one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Question number four. What game was packaged with the original Game Boy in 1989 because this game was thought to make the system appeal to everyone as opposed to just Do boys? It. Oh. No, you go. No, it's Tetris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because supposedly they were gonna put it with Mario, but Tetris was thought to be more uh, appealing to everybody. Right, more universal. So yeah, (laughs) Tetris Party, Tetris sixty (laughs) four, Tetris Brothers Mansion. Super Tetris Bros. Just a bunch of Russians drinking vodka, yelling at you. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Toad is the, the T upside Are down. I guess. I guess <laughs> Luigi's the L. I would say that Luigi's the stick because it's like, dude, hell yeah, like Luigi in that shit. <laughs> it's I was gonna the stick. S- I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> toad like toad would be the t one but upside down yeah <laughs> yeah actually all of those also have very specific colors to them they do uh, and i don't know them but you should for trivia the block is generally red <laughs> uh, no but they have different patterns inside of them they're like textured mm. uh to also let colorblind people play yeah Back in the Smart day. thinking. Though I guess shapes are pretty distinguishable, so colorblind <laughs> isn't a part of that. So never mind. Fair point. <laughs> but they do, they are textured though. I swear to God, they are textured. Nice. Okay. Question number five. How many players are there on a standard Olympic curling team? Oh. Not three. Stew. I got it. Oh, Rachel. No, Rachel, she called. Um, four. Four. It's four. We and watched I, a lot of curling. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah, curling's fun, and I've never like actually tried to curl itself, but even just like the motion of it is insanely hard. <laughs> like it is an athletic sport just on balance alone. You know, they're screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> 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 It's the same thing with cleaning. Just, just cleaning, sweeping away. It's all very peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> question number six. Final question of the round. Daniel Craig is thought to sign on to play his fifth Bond movie. How many Bond movies total have been released in the franchise? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I just, th- I just uh, fact check this. Uh, if Spectre, the newest, the newest one, is the last one to date, how many have been released in the franchise? Stu. Stu. Uh, I believe it's thirteen. It is not thirteen. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's more than that. Whoa. Ooh, it is twenty-six. Are you serious? Skyfall wow. being the twenty-fifth. Yeah. And then 
I haven't seen... I'll screw you. The Sean Connery ones are great. Sean Connery ones are rough to watch. Really? Like, thir- like 40 years later. Maybe, I mean, maybe. they're okay, but like they're, they take some... I don't know. I got rose-colored glasses, so... <laughs> <laughs> I do Skyfall is probably my favorite and I do like a host of them and I have seen a handful of the older ones not every one of them but I think it is either if you grew up with it you really love them but I know a lot of people who think they love them and then go back and watch them and then it's it's they're just long movies but I mean that's with almost every movie I'm trying to think can you name all of Okay, so here's something. Uh, I just pulled it up on Wikipedia. There, there are two Bonds who have only done one movie. What's that? No, not Timothy Dalton. Yeah. I think these are by years. Well, so yeah, it would be. So t- Dalton would have done more than one. Y- you're right on it. Uh, Timothy Dalton did too. He did The Living Daylights, which I don't even recognize, and uh, License to Kill. License to Kill was a Bond movie? I'm yeah. so behind on this. I'm so out of this. <laughs> don't judge me. We all are a little out of our element. So, George. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange Love? Let's see. My mother would know uh, this answer. Oh, I know my dad no. would know immediately. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm trying to look up which one was Doctor Strange. You or Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> you're you're right on the Lazenby one that it's uh Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, which one was Doctor Strange? I actually don't know. I'm trying to pull it up. It's not not made for live radio. Uh <laughs> it's not Peter Sellers. Is David Nevin, Nevin, who yeah. in '67 did Casino Royale, which is actually the first story, and basically, and then was remade later on by uh, Daniel Craig. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, Casino Royale is the the original, the very first uh, story that Ian Fleming wrote, or at least the first published, like chronologically, of James Bond, if I remember correctly. And that was Ian Fleming's first one. It's Casino Royale. Cool. Well, cool. So we will go into the second round, which is a themed round. And I figured since we did airports last game, we should keep going and look at space. Oh, oh man. Yeah, space Final. law. Space law. <laughs> Coolest person I ever met was a space lawyer. Yes, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> You're right. Oh, man. <laughs> Not me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> is that thing in the cars as they're playing Rocket Man, is that ever coming back? <laughs> Not at all. All right. So this round will be eight questions. Uh, we will do a buzz in call out. Similar to the first round, each question will be worth two points. They will all have the theme of space. These are basically just general. There's not any tricks. These are just straight up questions about space. Starting with question number one. What is the closest star to the sun? Oh, is it? Can I make me, me, me? Yeah, 
Sorry. Is it Polaris? Or, wait. Oh, it is not Polaris. That is the North Star. I know, I know. It's close to. That is Proxima Centauri. Proximus even says it's proximately close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is Uh, Latin to approximate to the centaur, I'm sure. Not at all. (laughs) Question number two. Which is the brightest comet in our solar system? Stu? Stu. Is that Halley's Comet? It's Halley's Comet. Sweet, I've actually got one. (laughs) Nice job. Yes. I think, if I'm correct, I'm no space person. I'm in law school. I didn't do science. Um... I think before Halley's, the brightest one was Hale Bob. Made them kill themselves and then crashed into <laughs> Jupiter. That one. I think, I think so, because that one had like an orbit time of like five or six thousand years. Whoa. So no one had really seen it. It hadn't been recorded. I think. I think that's why. But Ooh, don't quote me. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I know based on preliminary research that Halley's Comet is the most recognizable name I know and the one that was correct when I looked it up. Also not a space guy, per se. But, Me either. Yeah. Uh, question number three. What unit of distance used in astronomy is equal to about 3.26 light years and is used to measure distance of objects outside of the solar system? Uh, is not a U. I don't believe I'm looking it up. It's not the answer I have. Can you repeat the question? Yes. And uh, those are, just to clarify, it is not an astronomical unit. Those are different things. Okay. Uh, Yes. The question is, what unit of distance used in astronomy is equal to about 3.26 light years and is used to measure the distance of objects outside of the solar system? I don't know. (laughs) I was hoping you rereading the question would suddenly trigger something. Me too. Uh, Uh, Quarks? uh, It's not quarks. (laughs) Your... your Star Wars fandom would help you here. Oh, man. Is it? Um. Is there no anyone one else? else? <laughs> yeah. I All right. Nothing. For no points, but I know you know it. It was a parsec. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, me either. It says it is defined as the distance associated with one arsec of parallax, the largest unit in science. It is useful for the distance of stars and the large-scale structure of the universe. Which, speed, right? Or time or speed, yeah. Uh, One parsec is equal to 206,265 astronomical units. Question number four. What are the names of Mars's two moons named after the Greek mythological twins for panic and terror? There's FOMO, FOMO, Phobos and Deimos. I'm really glad you answered that because we had this trivia question maybe two weeks ago and I was told the answer and I don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, well, if it's not like relevant to my really weirdly specific areas, it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like in particular the the mythological tin, twins for panic and terror. Right. And I think that there's a couple others that they represent that are just really, you know, not not things you want to be associated with day to day. But question number five, who was the first person in space? Hint, he is not American. Oh, oh, oh. I, I don't know his name. I know what he looks like, and I know where he's from. Do you want to draw a picture? I, <laughs> no, because you don't need to see that in my... <laughs> yes, Yuri Gagarin of Russia. I knew he was Russian. That was about it. Yeah. Soviet Russia. Soviet Union. Okay, question number six. What is the gas that gives Neptune its blue color? Gas that gives Neptune its blue color. Can I take a guess? You, you can. Is it neon? It's not neon. Not nitrogen. Oh, that's a good guess. Mm. I was going to say hydrogen, but I know that's not it. Yeah, it's not hydrogen. It is methane. Huh. Oh. Oh yeah, that Chemical. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same with cows. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Question number 7. What is the hottest planet in our galaxy? In our galaxy. In our galaxy? In our solar system. Oh. Okay. Maybe our galaxy too, in our solar system. Oh, pick we'll, me. We'll start with our solar system, uh, Rachel. So Mercury. Is not Mercury. What? Venus, Venus is a pretty oh, yeah. simple oh, one yeah. after that. It's because of two, predominantly two things. Yeah, the atmosphere is almost entirely of uh, carbon dioxide. And it also has cloud clowns. Geez, I can't talk. It also has clouds <laughs> of acidic rain inside of its atmosphere, which also makes it very poisonous. Right. Yeah. Okay. And final question of the round, question eight. This is kind of a more general explanation one, um, but I thought it was really interesting. So, I mean, there's one primary answer here, but it's kind of a general uh, talk it through sort of thing. But... Why are the largest planets further away in the solar system? Oh. Oh, yeah. I know this. Rachel. Okay, so I learned this in my sophomore, junior year geology class, college. Um, Basically, when the solar system was forming and the planets were starting um, and all this debris was around this brand new little star, um, things were starting to get pulled into the star. And so the places that were further out were, had, were the ones that had enough gravity to be able to hold things together and away from this other very large thing of gravity that was pulling it in. And so that's why like, they're able to have very heavy, like, gaseous atmospheres, but have actually very small landmass. 
Is that correct? I think all of that is right, although it's almost entirely not what I have, but I think it all goes together. <laughs> I'm it also does. not science, so I'm explaining it in a very not science no, every, way. No, everything you said makes total sense. Um, anyone else want to chime in? Sure. I mean, it's just... Um, it's maybe yeah. kind of a free point question, but... The gravitational pull of the sun is much less out there, and so, you know, they kind of are able to... Uh, the planets themselves are not as compressed uh, due to the gravitational pull of the sun. <laughs> it also I sounds think, viable. <laughs> I don't think that that's right, though. And now I feel like a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, to some extent, I think all of you are right. Uh, <laughs> no, which is exactly is what right you want in a trivia question. <laughs> so... So in a lot of ways, what Rachel was talking about with uh, debris and matter that forms planets originally, but uh, heat slowly erodes parts of solid matter. And like you said, with the gas giants, like the first four planets closest to the sun are all rock and are all solid, while the last four are gas giants. Um, and the heat, which helps, uh, I think, solidify and you know, slightly erode some of the planets, uh, keeps the rocks smaller nearby while, uh, planets that are farther away, uh, could not withstand higher temperatures, but with less temperature, uh, cause they, sorry, cause the heat would expand and they would expand and dissipate too fast if they were closest to the sun, but can stay gas giants and stay stabilized a little more, uh, with slightly cooler temperatures. So that is my non-science view of it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I everyone really, gets a participation point. Yay. I, I really hope some some expert in this area oh, is not listening to this because they're probably just sitting there like I these hope. people should not be answering <laughs> this question. <laughs> I'm sure he will. If anyone's listening and can write in with factual evidence as to why we're all wrong, please send it in to things I got wrong at gmail.com. Also, please don't judge us. <laughs> please don't judge us. None of us are in this field. <laughs> so the person I met a while back is he he um, goes back and forth, interestingly, between the US and Australia. And they re he regulates when satellites are sent up to ensure that they have enough space to operate without interfering with any other satellite and without violating any international law or getting in trouble with other countries with what they're doing. Interesting. So it was just, it's very weird, and I'm sure there's a whole area involved with people in space, but that's what I know. Okay, for round number three... We are going to go with notable book lines. Oh, jeez. Oh, yes. Uh, this will be... <laughs> this will be one where we... Uh, trying to think how we do this. We could buzz in or we could take turns. I will I give you a notable book line from a famous book or written work uh, that you should all be familiar with, at least in the name. Uh, if you know it, yeah, we'll do buzz in. If you know it, buzz in. Uh, if you're stumped, I can also have year and author in the wings as clues. So if you're ready, we will do question number one. 
It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. Oh, this is just going to be one where I almost know everything and can't get a single one. It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. Is it Sherlock Holmes? Uh, It is not Sherlock Holmes. Is this the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? It is not the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, It was written in 1949 by George Orwell. Oh, man. It's 1984? It is 1984. I only know two Orwell books. It's either Animal (laughs) Farm or 1984. It's pick one. Yeah. Right. I knew it was British, but I couldn't. Bright, cold day in April, and the clock were striking 13. Okay. Question number two. God hath given you one face, and you make yourself another. This is going to be a fun round, I can tell. (laughs) God hath given you one face, and you... Hath given you one face, and you make yourself another. This was written in 1603. So, yeah, maybe there should have been a few more, a few more hints prepared per line. Is that 1603? Wait, what's the line? Stu got it. It's Hamlet. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. God, God hath given you one face and you make yourself another. Is it true? Is it? Is it the Scottish play? Ooh. I didn't know that. That's weird. That's so weird. <laughs> All right. Question number three. It's a slightly long one, but we were the people who were not in the papers. We lived in the blank white spaces at the edge of print. It gave oh. us more freedom. We lived in the gaps between the stories. Mm, uh. <laughs> I hate that I almost know everything and I just can't connect it because I don't think I've read this one. 1985. Yeah. Is this a Clockwork Orange? Uh, It is not a Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Okay. I haven't read that one, so that's why. Uh, The year is 1985. Uh, We were the people who were not in the papers. We lived in the blank white spaces at the edges of print. It gave us more freedom. We lived in the gaps between the stories. Uh, this was written uh, by Margaret Atwood. Oh, is this um, is this Handmaid's Tale? This is The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was thinking that. The timing would work. All right. Question number four. This is... A lot of these play more to the theme. You should be able to pick a lot of these up from the theme of what it's talking about, maybe more than the quote you would recognize. But question number four, nothing is so painful to a human mind as great in sorry, nothing is so painful to the human mind as a great and sudden change. Nothing is so painful to the human mind as a great and sudden change. Can I ask if an author is correct? Uh... You want to give give the author and see if it's right? I'm just curious. Okay. 
Um, I mean, give the, you... the author should give it away. The year... Oh, he wasn't going to give it away for me, so it was just going to be a guess. <laughs> I think, the year I think I was 1818. I do not. Uh, it is not Mark Twain. Is Tolstoy the author? No. Because they're answering the wrong question. (laughs) Well, no. Stu, do you think you know it? Not anymore, no. All right. Nothing is so painful to the human mind as a great and sudden change. Uh, 1818, written by Mary Shelley. Oh, oh, this is, um, this is, this is Dracula? What? No, 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 no. Uh, Dracula was uh, Leo. Uh, yes, I know. I know. What is his is name? It, um, oh, sorry. Can I guess again? I'll let somebody else go. Never mind. <laughs> Ignore me over here. <laughs> or no, Leo was I think Bram Stoker is Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whoever wants to go, this is. You guys have all had a good a good share. Uh, nothing is so painful to the human mind as a great and sudden change. Uh, um, this is a classic written by Mary Shelley. Yes. Is it Frankenstein? It is Frankenstein. Man. Nothing is so painful to the human mind as a great and sudden change. It is a good line. All right. Question number five. If you try and lose, then it isn't your fault. But if you don't try and we lose, then it is all your fault. I got it. I got it. Rachel. (laughs) Is it Ready Player One? No. No, 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 no. (laughs) It is Ender's Game. (laughs) Kill me. Why did that come out? (laughs) Why did that? Oh, gosh. Oh, I just, uh, I'll just go hide in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it a lot. Although my favorite parts were like them in the battling and not necessarily the fighting, but like the, uh, the kid politics of it. I I enjoyed it a lot. Although I've the, the ending, you know, mind. I won't say anything. It's very surprising, but, uh, I is, I haven't seen the movie, and I assume the the movie's terrible. Everything that I've heard about it is everything that I wouldn't want it to be. <laughs> but yeah, if you try and lose, then it isn't your fault. But if you don't try and we lose, then it is all your fault. Okay, question number six. And when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. I realize this one's going to be a tough one. <laughs> it, I know it does for me too. If you, man, yeah, if you know it. So I'm trying to think of a way to, to frame this. The quote sounds like it could be used anywhere, but it is taking, taken more literal. It is very applicable to the book. It probably doesn't help at all. As I'm reading it out loud, saying, you know, when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. Sounds like it could be very broad, but it is pretty 
<laughs> is, is this one Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Uh, it feels not Hitchhiker's, but that's a good guess. This sounds like a Gatsby. It's not Gatsby. Uh, it was written in 1988 by. Um, you have a thought? Um, is this about time? Uh, it's not about time. Okay. 1988 by Paulo Coelho. Oh, I know the author. I don't know the books by him. I wish I had another quote I could pull up off the top of my head. <gasps> oh, man. Um, fuck, I can't even think of the name of the books now. What was the author again? Pablo? Paulo Coelho. Paulo Coelho. Okay, then it's... It is the alchemist. Okay, then never mind. Oh, I couldn't connect the author to a book. It was like one of those. Yeah, yeah, I know the author, and I know they've written something famous. That's fair. When you, yeah, when you know the book well, uh, like I do for the alchemist in particular, the quote really jumps out. But so it goes. Question number seven. I felt like a kid standing in the world's greatest video arcade without any quarters. Still. <laughs> unable to do anything but walk around and watch the other kids play. Still. Yep. Ready Player One. It is Ready Player One. That's from the first chapter of the book when he's talking about how poor he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only book I would get. <laughs> oh, yes. I haven't even yes, seen the movie. I won't watch did, not, did not see the movie and don't really want to don't but represent oklahoma city as the poor disheveled trailer park town they live in <laughs> no not in the book well in the book they're in oklahoma city or they're right outside of it and there's literally like markers of the highways and stuff but then when he leaves he goes to columbus and that's where he gets the apartment where he hermits himself in Mm-mm. yeah oh, man. it starts in oklahoma city but to what i've heard they don't mention that at all in the movie it's just pure columbus yeah ready player one okay uh question number eight last question of the round i do not love the bright sword for its sharpness nor the arrow uh, for its swiftness pick nor <laughs> yes hold on nor the warrior for his glory i love only that which they defend rachel this is from the lord of the rings yes and I will say the Lord of the Rings, and I'm not going to pick a specific one because Tolkien didn't initially write them to be three separate books. The publisher made him split them up. Damn. Fair enough. But for a bonus point, do you know which one? I'm. It, it, I think it's the. I think it's the Return of the King, but I don't recall. It is the Two Towers. I, I, I could think of three or four different conversations where it could be at, but I haven't read the book, and I've, I had the book read to me, and I have only seen the movie recently, and the movie moved things around. So. Yeah. yeah, Lord of the Rings, yeah, you're, you're totally right. So, nice job. I know that was a tough one, but there are some good lines in there. Mm-hmm. All right, so round number four is going to be lightning round. Oh, man. So you... 
I think you just did. We're going to put all these in. <laughs> <laughs> these are now forever your lightning round sounds. <laughs> the best ones are user created. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here's... Oh, Sorry. <laughs> so here's how we're going to try to do this. I have six questions. We're going to go through each question one by one. You should have some paper and pen ready. I'm going to put 10 seconds on from the, as soon as I finish saying it the first time, uh, I will repeat the question, but you have 10 total seconds from the end of the first time I say it to write down an answer, uh, you know, honor system here. So I trust that you guys are writing down one answer and keeping to it. Uh, two points. If you get it right, one point to whoever is closest. If nobody gets it right, uh, some of these are, are more standard and some of them are going to be questions that, uh, in theory, you could figure out if you had more than 10 seconds. So, cool. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. So I will put, like I said, 10 seconds on the clock. As soon as I'm done, write down your answer and then we will reveal each question, uh, one by one. Uh, how old was William Shakespeare when he died? Do, do, do. Or if you're done, you can just call it out. But <laughs> we definitely need to figure out a more proper uh, <laughs> sound alert system. buzzer system. But wasn't somebody going to make a buzzer website? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How's that coming along? <laughs> Squarespace, Squarespace, you're all in one buzzer making system software. <laughs> uh, answers? Stu? 56. Rachel? 32. Uh, Stu, you said 56? I did. You are closest. It was 52 when he died. Aw, yeah. So there's one point. Stu. Okay. Question number two. What is the longest continuous time a human has spent in space? What is the longest continuous time a human has spent in space? We'll give probably plus or minus 20 days or so. Time's up. Uh, okay. Stu? I mean, I just put down two years. Okay. Rachel? Two years, four months, 18 days, three hours, and 24 minutes. That is especially math. Uh, <laughs> Might as well. The answer is 437 days. So I believe that's going to go to Stu. That's oh, closest. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Way off here. <laughs> okay, question number three. Uh, I'm going to say this one slowly because this one takes a second, I think, but... Four states begin with okay, four U.S. states. Four U.S. states begin with the letter A, and three U.S. states begin with the letter C. How many letters are in the alphabet that are not the first letter of a U.S. state? Oh, man. Ten seconds. Four states begin with the letter A. Three states begin with the letter C. How many states in the alphabet are not the first of the United States? I like this. Five, Stu? Twelve. Rach? Three. The answer is seven. So Mark gets a point nice. there. 
It is B. So B is in Bravo. Echo. Babraska. Babraska. <laughs> Bill Brasky. <laughs> you have B E J Q X Y and Z. Seven letters. <laughs> uh, question number five. How many? Sorry, question number four. How many Japanese kanji characters do you need to know to be considered proficient according to the Japanese learning proficiency test? How many Japanese kanji characters do you need to know to be considered proficient in according to the Japanese learning proficiency test? Time's up. Stu. I did 2,400. Uh, Rachel? 1200. I heard once that to even understand Chinese, you needed to know a thousand characters. Yeah, so. the correct answer uh, closest to is 2000 kanji characters. And uh, so that would give Stu a point. Uh, and that's a number I remember both when I looked it up now and when I took a year of Japanese. Uh, Did you? And I, I got up to about 150 or so kanji characters. And I remember almost zero of them now. Damn. I can recognize that I used to know what it was, but I can't pronounce <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's theoretically the basic, uh, I forget the exact terminology here, but like to be considered fluent, basically what would be like newspaper editorial level understanding, reading and writing, like what you would see in the newspaper is approximately 2000 characters worth. But once you get past, I would say about the first, 800 ish you start seeing words where it'll be like the complex kanji and then above it will be like the more broken down almost syllable by syllable kanji so you actually have kind of example helping in a lot of ways interesting uh with more complex yeah with more complex literary work there so fun stuff question number five how many words uh to the nearest thousand are in the book Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets? <laughs> How many words are in the uh, book Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, to the nearest thousand? 5,000 words? It is... M- <laughs> it is more than 5,000, I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, Stu... I mean, I'm sure the mine is radically off, but 17,000. Okay, Rachel? So I'm feeling very radically off right now. I have 65,000. You guys are all radically off. It is is 85,141. Okay, Rachel, that really was not a bad guess then. No, not at all. Because that's probably like Sorcerer's Stone right there. And I think so. I do believe we brought it up in the last game that the Sorcerer's Stone was roughly 70,000 somewhere in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, oh, yeah, you're right. All right. Final question of the round and of the game. Uh, If you were to list every country uh, in English alphabetically down the list, how many countries, again, in English, uh, are there in the world that would come after the United States alphabetically? 
after the United States. Yeah. Uh, is that the United States starting with T or U? U. <laughs> okay. Hey, you. man, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> United States, Canada. In English, how many countries would come after United States alphabetically? Uh, I gave you a couple extra seconds, but done. <laughs> okay. 23. 23. Rachel? 26. 26. Correct answer is nine. Whoa. Oh. It is Uruguay, Uzbekistan, Vanuatu, Vatican City, Venezuela, Vietnam, Yemen, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. Huh. Nine. Yep. Nice. So that is the end of the game. Well, thank you guys for playing. That was fun as always. And we have new shows coming out uh, often. You can check it out. I don't know why you would explain to somebody to go to the show if they're already listening, but you can go to the website. Definitely tell your friends to go check out the show and compete while listening together. It's fun stuff. You can go to thingsigotwrong.com and check out the website. And if you have any thoughts on topics or questions or questions for us or anything else you can write in at things i got wrong at gmail.com uh with your name and maybe a link that you want to push out to everyone and we will happily shout it out uh thank you again guys and thank you again and then we will see you uh, next time bye everybody bye